0: I've seen people be financially free from a numbers on the screen perspective like they've got plenty but they still have a mindset of like oh I don't know if I can afford that I don't know if I should spend it on this thing or not and and the decision to do the thing is very tied to how they feel about their money versus purely asking themselves if they do or don't want to do the thing
1: welcome to the feeling free podcast My name is Ben Harris, also known as The Fear Guy. My job is to help you feel more free in your life with love and relationships, self-worth, and much more. I'm happy you're here. I love you. I believe in you. Let's break free from fear together. This week's conversation, we get to sit down with Sarah Regalhuth, an entrepreneur, financial wizard, truth seeker, and just a soulful powerhouse. Being financially free is not what you've been told it is. You could be a billionaire, but still not be truly free. We explore that together and give you the tools to explore your own relationship with money. Enjoy. Sarah, hello. Welcome to the Feeling Free podcast. How are you feeling today?
0: I am feeling very free actually. I'm feeling great. Thank you for having me. It's timing on that.
1: <laughs> I know, right? You're so welcome. Seriously, I really appreciate you being here Um, because I admire you not only for like your business savvy and like your intellect intellectual prowess, but also your heart and how vulnerable and a truth seeker that you are. Um, And I know you're the type of person who just is willing to dive into it. So that's what we're going to do. We're not going to you know, wait our way in. We're just going to freaking jump. We're just going to go.
0: I love it. Off the D-pen, let's go. (laughs) Uh
1: Um, So I'm very curious. So we're amidst the whole Corona thing. And Mm -hmm. I'm curious because a lot of people are worried about finances. And I read yesterday that there's an estimate that we could potentially reach a 30% unemployment rate in the U.S., And the highest that it's ever been is 25% during the great depression. And I was like, Holy crap. I was like, that would be insane. Like, and in all the bad ways, but I just want to hear you. Do you feel fear or stress on your finances right now? Like you personally, do you feel fear and stretch with this at all?
0: No, I don't. Um, Disclaimer to that though is I spent 17 years as a financial advisor. So yep. my, you know, my financial knowledge and education and I guess line or foundation is pretty solid. Um, that being said, I mean, who knows, like the actual financial world as we know it could shift the way that yeah. we could be interacting with money, what money actually is, all of that could shift. But I say no, because I also understand that money is energy and that whatever that looks like whether it's the current financial situation structures that we use or whether we move into some new world of bitcoin or whatever or if it's something you know that we can't even foresee right now like it's still the energy inflow and outflow and i know that i've worked on my relationship with money enough that you know there's not any major blocks of money flowing you know circulating through me in and out you know giving and receiving if that makes sense so i feel like, a bigger picture trust that I'll just be okay. The other thing that's kind of interesting and I think important for people to remember during this time is that, you know, we're all in this together. Like, this is not an isolated event or an event that's happening in one city or one country. So, like, in some ways, it doesn't necessarily... I don't even know if it makes it easier or not, but it's just, like, we're all in it together, so we all have to climb out of it together. And the things that are happening... You know, on on the one hand, from a business perspective, I've I have three businesses, and two of my businesses are really struggling, and one of them is probably going to benefit a lot from that from this situation. So you're
1: saying right um, now, so your two businesses are struggling because of this mm-hmm. event? Okay.
0: Yep, definitely. So I have an Airbnb property management business. So obviously, there's an all of our bookings pretty much are cancelled, or yeah. you know. So I'm I'm in this really interesting, unique position where I'm experiencing all the things I'm experiencing. The other business I have is League of Extraordinary Women, which was traditionally events and conferences. And without events and conferences, we have no revenue. Um, And we had to cancel all our events and conferences. So that's pretty much been reduced to zero. But we've then pivoted to an online community and we're building that now. So I'm kind of experiencing it from three different angles. So I'm not completely immune to the downside of what's happening, but I always just try to take a really macro long-term view with this stuff. And it's when we get caught in the short term that we can get into that fierce and we can get into that worry. And it's not to say that my mind hasn't occasionally popped up and been like, Oh, but what about that? And then I'm like, no, Mm -hmm. no, Mm -hmm. like we're, we're doing this thing called life (laughs) and you know, we're going to be here for a while and whatever like eventuates will eventuate and just trusting that, well, I got to this point, so I'll get to whatever further points there will be.
1: Mm -hmm. I love that. And I love the way you answered that. And why I want to dive into that is because, like I said, it it is a fear, right? Mm -hmm. Finances are fear in general, but especially right now. Um, And I actually just before I got on this, I wanted to, like, I was like, I wonder what credit card companies are doing. So I called one of mine and I said, like, hey, can I move a payment? They didn't even ask. They were just like, yep, we can help you and we'll move your payment and not charge you any interest this month. I'm like, sweet. Like, everyone should just freaking do this anyway.
0: And that's what I mean when I'm like, we're all in it together. Like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, you're not this person who's suffered this, you know, difficult situation where you have to plead your case to the credit card uh, company. Like, yeah. literally everybody is in this boat. And what we're seeing, which is pretty cool, is credit card companies, all, all credit lending kind of companies, um, governments, everyone kind of banding together to figure out like how can we ease this burden? So there is going to be an impact. There is going to be a flow on, but we're also in it together and everybody's navigating through it.
1: I like how you said that, that we're in it together because it's more of to not feel guilty or judge yourself. Like this is something that you did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm, I like that. There
0: might be some beautiful gifts of looking at like, oh, maybe like, how could I have set myself up better for this, not this event, but crisis events, you know? Yeah. I mean, all, two, two of my companies are definitely more in that early stage. And then my third company, it's doing well. I'm really grateful to myself that I decided to do a capital raise last year um. Um, because we've got cash in the bank now. And even if we do see a bit of flatline growth, which I believe we will, in the short term the next sort of Mm -hmm. month or so um you know we've still got the capital there to grow and to pounce on the opportunity that we have because we're in the remote workspace so it's like ripe for us right now Mm -hmm. so like on that hand i'm like super grateful that i had the foresight to do that and then you know in the other companies where it's a little earlier stage or just not as evolved and we didn't have like a cash position it makes me think well okay, how can I more quickly in my businesses in the future build a cash reserve so that I do have, you know, ideally maybe six months worth of expenses just as in reserve so that if we go through something like this, I don't have to lay off staff or whatever it might be. Like there's still gifts in it for us, but we don't need to judge ourselves. It's everything mm-hmm. we do with our money, with everything in life is is learning. And I think the key is do we learn from it and implement something new next time or do we just keep repeating the same patterns and mistakes?
1: I love that. What have you learned about yourself already that you that like a new realization or maybe not brand new but that's popped up like with this thing?
0: Um, hmm. I I'm very grateful right now for my optimistic nature, like my <laughs> blind faith as an entrepreneur. <laughs> yeah. So this is a positive. So I'm not really sure if I'm answering your question properly, but anyway, it's mm-hmm. coming to me. So we'll run, run with it. But um, I'm really grateful for that because what I've been noticing is how I can lead through this time um, while there's so much negative media and everything that's, that's going on in the world, like my team get to work With me and I get to be a light as a leader and get us like focused on what we're doing, what we're contributing to the world in a really positive way during this time when everything's getting really rocky. So right now, I mean, one thing I do know about myself is that when my back's against the wall, I definitely shine. So, you know, I'm not totally uncomfortable in Like, I'm not at all actually uncomfortable in a crisis. Like, I tend to kind of come into my own a little bit and I can feel that happening in this where I'm like, yeah, I got this. Like, I've, I've been in, this is probably where I'm saying, like, we're not alone. Like, I've been in crises, crises, crises of my own making where I've got nobody to blame but myself and clawed my way out. So it's kind of nice this time to be like, all right, it's a crisis, (laughs) but it's not my fault. And everybody's in it together and we can do this.
1: (laughs) That is cool. I love that. And I'm actually the same way um, that I actually get excited. It's not like at people's expenses like, oh, sweet, I'm glad you're suffering. But it's more of a, oh, man, like I'm excited of what you said to be a leader during this Mm -hmm. time. Like it really does excite me. Like something like lights me up to give me that extra boost with that said um are you someone who can you can you still thrive like have you learned to thrive in like comfortability or rest or kind of like the non-chaos times
0: yeah definitely um i definitely think there is a yeah level of excitement and action that gets created in this time and i think in the past I did struggle when there wasn't like a lot of action all the time. What I've learned now is to accept that more as like the ebb and flow and like be okay. That maybe our output isn't like hundred miles an hour when, and just like let that be because then you actually have energy. So rather than I'm not in adrenaline right now, I'm in mm-hmm. energy, like in positive mm. energy, if that makes sense. Whereas if I was Living and creating the drama and all of that all the time, then when a real crisis hits, you end up in that adrenaline place where you've got no choice and you might actually be burnt out. So, what I've learned is in the times when there's not that much happening and it's just kind of business as usual and things are ticking along, and maybe you're not feeling like that super motivation or whatever, to just be okay with that and flow with that for a little while and just let Mm -hmm. things be and rest and maybe do other things that interest you and then dive back in when there's some, there's a fire, but that fire, you know, doesn't always come from a crisis. That fire could come from an idea that you birth or an opportunity that presents itself, um, but harnessing that energy and being okay with letting the energy like simmer down during other periods.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for you, of uh, you talk about money energy, which I also believe in, but for someone who's never heard of it, right Mm -hmm. and and they just view money as like an actual physical thing Mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. how would we explain to them of why money is energy
0: Mm. well i think the way to look at it is it kind of isn't really a physical thing even more these days it's just numbers on a screen right like Mm -hmm. it's not even that often that we're holding the the paper or the or the coins in our hands um but just seeing it more as an exchange for what you're putting into the world. That's how I always think about it. Like I'm putting things out into the world every day, either through if I had a job or through my company or whatever I'm doing. And what flows back to me, aside from appreciation and love and gratitude and all these kinds of things, is money. And that allows me to live the lifestyle that I want to live, that's appropriate for me, that's aligned with me. So I think getting in alignment with what lifestyle you want to live truly to you, not um, because it sounds good or looks good or you think it's aspirational. Like, you know, I'm very clear now on what my lifestyle is. Like I like, I, I value travel highly. So as long as I have the flexibility, the freedom and the financial resources to be able to travel and take advantage of opportunities to go and see and experience new things that's the main thing i want financial resources for i also want to feed myself well i love food i enjoy it Mm -hmm. Uh, i'm vegan i love to cook so i like to look after my body so that i'm healthy to do all of those things so food and then other than that you know i buy a little bit of clothes not very much more like nice things i see when i'm traveling um, and I like to learn. So as long as I've got resources to do those things, um, those are the things that are most important to me. And yeah, it took me some time to figure that out. But once I understand what that looks like, and then how much financial resources I need, then I can start to get a handle on how to manage the money. But that's sort of still the strategic side. But the the energy of it is that. I'm putting things out into the world and it's a flow back so that I can have that lifestyle I've identified, identified that I want. And I think the easiest way to think or to question your relationship with money, and people might think, I don't know if I have a relationship with money, but whatever you think about money is your relationship. So, you know, if you're worried about losing it, that's something to explore. If you, you know, want this x amount of dollars but you don't know why like that's something to explore um if you feel guilty when you spend money that's something to explore like a neutral relationship with money probably looks something like i know what i need and want i've got it sort of set up so that it'll do that and i really don't spend much time thinking about it a goal Mm -hmm. for me was always as long as i'm in a position where when presented with an opportunity All I have to think about is, do I want to do that or not, not can I afford it?
1: Oh, I love that. So would that be your definition of like financial freedom?
0: Financial freedom and like money relationship freedom. Mm -hmm. Like, because it's, we can, people, I've seen people be financially free from a numbers on the screen perspective. Like they've got plenty. But they still have a mindset of like, oh, I don't know if I can afford that. I don't know if I should spend it on this thing or not. Oh. And and the decision to do the thing is very tied to how they feel about their money versus purely asking themselves if they do or don't want to do the thing. Um, so I think looking for like getting your relationship with money to a, the most neutral place possible where you are com- You feel confident that you have what you need and that the engine of your money, like the strategic side of what you're doing with it is just working. And then it really just comes down. You're just living your life and all of a sudden money mm-hmm. isn't really a thing that you're thinking about that often.
1: I just got chills. Okay. This is so good. So like really, I love this. I'm pretty sure I'm going to title the podcast this now, like how to be financially free because it's like what you think Of financially free is numbers on a screen like okay i have millions i can do anything i want but money can still have a control over you of like
2: totally i
1: don't want to spend this because i've been conditioned that spending money is bad and i have more money than people or i feel icky with it or whatever Mm -hmm. and so i really like what you said is like you know exploring not judging yourself again for having this relationship but of like do i want to do it yes or no if the answer is yes awesome let's do it and so it's around is that like so I would really like I want to dive into how you've explored this and how you've healed this or how you've learned and grown with your relationship with money because I agree with you that I think this is the relationship that's technically freedom whether it's even like a partnership like coming from love and not for love is like I love you I support you no matter what you do. I want you to have your own experiences. I'm not here to hold you back or like do something for me. Like, and I'm not mm-hmm. in charge of your emotions. Expectations. Or you're not
0: in of- yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So
1: that kind of also goes into money is like, so how, like, do you remember the first time that you kind of explored your relationship with money?
0: Um, I think I've been exploring it most of my life. Like I have some key rememberings from being a child of like receiving money and you know the first thing I remember my parents said to me I must have walked the toy store or something I was probably seven or eight years old Mm -hmm. and I wanted to buy I wanted this bike and my parents said well you know we give you a dollar a week of pocket money or something so if you save your money um every single week we'll match it dollar for dollar so they explained to me how that I could save and get this bike and eventually I did, I saved my money and I got the bike. And it was like a feeling of achievement, mm. a feeling of um, probably like independence or something. Like I'd like, I'd put put a plan in place and I would decided what I wanted. I'd stayed focused on that end goal and I'd ended up achieving it. Um, I think, and I started working pretty early, like 14 years old and probably before that, like selling little things and stuff, but like got a job when I was 14. And money at that point gave me freedom. And I had my lesson of like how to save to get things. And then I was also experiencing like, oh, now I have money. I can start to make choices about what I want to do versus every time I want to do something, I have to ask my mum. I have to think, can I get the money to do the thing? Um, And really I had no control over that. It was just like whether my mum said yes or no. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I liked having, so I think it. I equated money to freedom Quite early, that like the more that I could have, then and, um, and if and if I knew what I wanted, so it wasn't necessarily about the more I could have, sorry, but if I knew what I wanted, then I could find ways to make that money to get me that thing. So I've probably known from an early ish age that it wasn't about the money, it was about what the money could give me, or mm. could buy me. But I think over the years, I then learned to be a financial advisor, so I got all the strategic stuff and the education and doing all that. And I, I say this now for people because that's where most people get caught, that like, oh, I don't know all the things about how to manage my money and that's why I'm not in a good position. And I really think, one, it's not as complex as you think. We often make it complex just as an excuse to avoid it. Um, and two, it's really like... or 20% of whether you'll be financially successful is that side of things. 80% of it is your relationship with Mm -hmm. money because no matter what, like I said, you could have all the money and still have a shitty relationship and not necessarily have this so-called happiness that you thought you would get and freedom you thought you would get if you haven't worked on your relationships. So I always just like to question whenever I'm, thinking about money, it's like, okay, well, what? why am I thinking that? What am, what am I spending the energy on? Like what does it actually represent? So when I was 20-ish, I got into, or maybe 18, 19, I got into some credit card debt and every single night I used to lie in bed thinking about this debt and mm-hmm. stressing and trying to get out of it and thinking, making little plans every night of how I could find my way out of this. And I realized like I wasn't free. It was a trap. I was so mm-hmm. trapped because all I was doing was thinking about this same thing over and over again. So I made my plan. I climbed out of that hole and I was like, I'm not going to do that again to myself because that was very trapping for me. Other people can be in that position and not feel that same trap. So that's, that's fine. That's on everybody to explore their own relationship with it. Um, more recently, I went out for dinner the other night and the person I was having dinner with paid for my meal and I felt uncomfortable uh, like because that's I like to be generous. So then I'm like, okay, this is like cool, something to think about as well. Like how do I gra- graciously accept this, not feel bad that I didn't pay or that I didn't pay a half or whatever it might be and like lean into the discomfort that I feel that I sometimes always want to like, be really generous with my money, which also, like, wind it all the way back, goes to the fact I have abandonment wounding and I like to create dependencies on me so that people don't leave me. Mm. <laughs> so it's like fascinating how we can tie it all back to other seemingly non related woundings or challenges from our past or whatever.
1: Oh, that's interesting. So, why you why you're being generous with money is so like you're hoping you know subconsciously maybe and you've worked on this that someone's not going to leave because you're being so generous
0: yeah like i guess at a subconscious level i'm much more comfortable being in a place where i'm the one that generally pays for things and that people i would feel much more comfortable when people owe me than me owing them and not not that Mm. i think they owe me or that i would ever want that but if if we had this tally going <laughs> i want to be ahead not because i want to get it back from them just because the other way makes me feel powerless so it's like oh you know like what is that you know <laughs> uh,
1: so what is that do you know what that is
0: um i think it is to do with i think there's a couple of things like the independent nature like my dad left when i was 10 and ever since then i went into this like independent probably embodied a lot of masculine energy to look after myself so I think there's this one side of me that has always wanted to have my money to have my own independence to know that I would always be okay to look after myself but at the same time I do have the event abandonment the experience of the abandonment wound that I've been working on healing and I think the other side of how that's played out is using that independence to then like create people to be like I would want people to look favorably on me because I can provide in that yep. way.
1: That totally makes sense. Thanks for, I know you're open, but thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, that's working then, on it. We're working on it. But then, right. Cause it's like, to me, I view circle as giving and receiving, right. Mm-hmm. Cause it's, if you can, it's also being generous. It goes back to that neutral relationship of like, Hey, I'm, happy to give it and I'm hey I'm also happy to receive it because I'm giving as much and I'm happy to receive as much
0: exactly and true to be in a true state of like love and neutrality would be that the giving and receiving can flow with no real thought just beautiful gifts going whereas my patterning is it's not free actually like I'm giving Mm -hmm. it hoping that I create this underlying dynamic where the person thinks I'm really generous and wants to stay around me. Like this is all at a subconscious level, but that's what's been, that's what was going on. I mean, wind back 10 years, I was like ridiculously generous. Like I would never let anyone pay anything for me ever. Like I just couldn't handle it. And the story I had in my head was just like all sorts of stories actually, just things like I can afford it, but like the truth of the matter was I just wanted to be in that position. I guess it gave me a sense of power or whatever. And this has mm. been a journey for me over the years to practice allow receiving, receiving compliments. You know, mm. look at the way that your body responds when someone says to you, oh, you look great today or, you know, thanks so much for what you did for me there. Like, can you just be like, yeah, oh, thank you. That's really nice. Or do you like, oh, no, 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 no. Like everything that we receive, look at how it makes us feel and can we just mm. receive it or does it, does it make us feel like we owe that person or we don't want to receive it or do we have resistance
1: oh yes so do you think is there i'm curious i have my own opinion can you feel constantly free or because you said practice earlier right you practice this so do you feel like it's a constant state can we get there or is it more practicing
0: i think it's practicing i like to think of it as um i'm not sure if you're using the video but I know, are you going to use a video? Cause I'm about to do something with my hands.
2: Yeah, <laughs> Probably not
0: for, for our listeners. I've got my hands like in a prayer position. I feel like um, when I think about alignment or freedom or whatever it is that we want to attain this state, it's like we go and things like take us off course, but we're just trying to constantly pull back and not go so far off course that like coming back becomes really difficult. So mm-hmm. um, I think that's it. Like, what I look at is rather than reading a book and being like, Great, I've solved all my money issues, I'm now free for the rest of my life, or doing mm-hmm. a course or a workshop. It's more like, Okay, amazing, I've moved some blocks, I feel freer, I feel in a state of freedom, and I might spend, I might have gone from when I had the credit card debt to being like, very little freedom, like maybe 5% freedom when I was feeling probably destructive and I'd go spend some more money and then I'd like freak out again Um, to like over time, over the years, like I'm probably in 95% freedom when I think Mm. about my relationship with money. And like every so often something comes up and I'm like, okay, I need to look at that. Just And it'll just be like, I just want to do a little bit of work on that to just like free that up a little bit, loosen that whatever that little thing is. And then like, I'm back into my flow state, but that's been 20 years of work probably to get to that place. So it is Mm -hmm. practice.
1: I love that so much. And how have you noticed growing up, you grew up in Australia, correct? mm -hmm. Just to make sure I'm I'm pretty sure I just want to make sure. (laughs) (laughs) what is the difference? Is there any difference between Australia and like the U S of like practicing? Cause you said it's been 20 years and it's a continual process. And I feel like whatever it is, whether it's practicing, you know, feeling free with money, with fear, whatever it may be, we get down on ourselves and like you put your hands in the prayer position. When you go a little bit to the left, you're like, Oh, I suck. I thought I worked on this. You go to the right. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm so shitty. I thought I had this figured out, but it's like, so like yeah, just what are your I guess I can ask two questions there, but like to me, what is your view on or what is your view on instant gratification and enjoying the process because it's been two decades for you of working on this.
0: Yeah, I think it's it is about enjoying the process and um and and practicing and being compassionate. And that's another practice, right? Being practicing yeah. compassion <laughs> with ourselves and like yeah. not beating ourselves up when we didn't get it right um, when we made the same mistake we've made before or a new mistake, whatever it might be. um, And just being like, okay, well, how do I bring myself back into alignment or center on that particular issue or topic and just constantly kind of moving through it and practicing and being with compassion. I think one thing I've always been on the lookout for in my life is when I get on the hamster wheel. So when am I just repeating the same pattern, you know, at a cadence that's just not, doesn't feel progressive. And that's probably when I am stuck in the denial a little bit where I'm like, I'll like do the thing and then be like, oh, I'm never doing that again. And then like, I'll just do the thing again. Oh, I'm never doing that again. And it's Mm -hmm. like you go into denial in between um, and then you just do it again. And then you kind of feel like you get this burst of energy to like not, and then somehow just get back on the hamster wheel. And I think that's when I, I look out for that so I can be like, all right, this is a pattern now. It's not, and you need to dig deeper. You need to find out why. So I'm, I'm of the belief that um, military like discipline to change behavior is, doesn't work. Like it only will work for a certain period of time. And eventually whatever it was that caused you to act in that particular way will resurface and you'll do it again. And it's also a battle every single day if you're employing the tactic of giving something up through purely like discipline. Um, Whereas if you get to the core of an issue of why it actually even exists in the first place, it just melts away and you never have Mm. to deal with it ever again. Like it's, amazing but love, it is hard so how do we get to there get to the, yeah and you got to <laughs> be willing to go within and and you got to be willing to walk through the fire and drop your ego around what it might be and like open your mind as well to like there's some really weird motivators for why we do things um yeah I'll tell you. I'll tell you a story. So this, this I love is, it. Let's go. Really good example, <laughs> and it's, it's kind of like I'm not super excited to tell this story because it's kind of gross, but my I'll tell it anyway. <laughs> um, so I've never really smoked cigarettes. Mm-hmm. Did it a little bit in high school, as many people do. Not every person, but many people will try it from a bit of peer pressure or whatever. And then I was like, "Yeah, it's pretty gross. So I don't do it." I've always been very fit and healthy. And sometime about a year ago, I don't know, I was out and I was drinking and had a cigarette and then it happened again and then it happened again and then all of a sudden kind of built up over a period of time and then all of a sudden I was I was in Cambodia with some friends we were on a volunteer project and like there was quite a few people there that smoked regularly and all of a sudden I started smoking more because they were there and then I just sat with myself and I was like what on earth is this like and I kept saying to myself no more like this is stupid like the next day I'd be like no more no more and often in this period of say let's call it 12 months I can't remember exactly where it entered my life I would like wake up the next day and just be like oh my god I can't believe you did it again just don't do that and like I said I was looking for the hamster wheel though and then all of a sudden I'm in this situation in Cambodia where and I was doing it more and more and I was like this like, why am I even doing this? This doesn't even really make sense to me. And my idea of just quitting and just never doing it again, isn't, doesn't seem to be like actually coming out. And so I sat down with Adrian, actually, who's oh, our cool. mutual girlfriend, the reason mm-hmm. why we know each other. And I was like, all right, girl, can you just like help me dig into this? Cause I don't even understand myself of where it's come from. I don't understand why I'm doing it. I've got this like surface level thing that there's something self-destructive about it, but that doesn't quite feel like it's it. Anyway, we we got into it and we like dug and dug and dug through conversation. And I figured out that my mum is a smoker. She currently mm. has really bad um, emphysema and she's, you know, it's getting to the point where we just don't really know how much longer she has and she still smokes. Mm. And I watch people around her watch her still smoking despite where she's at medically. And I, I wanted to connect with what it was like to, because I don't, I don't look at smoking as like a positive thing. And it's like, I wanted to experience like being it. Hmm. so that I could connect with her at this really weird level. And as soon as I did that, as soon as I understood that, it was like, oh, my God, okay, one, that's really strange. But two, (laughs) like I'm just letting, I'm just letting, it's just gone. Like it just dissipated because I could see what the actual motivator was. And it was some weird thing where I was trying to connect with my mom and with why she would continue to smoke even though her health was so bad. Like that was just, as her daughter, that was a need that I had to understand or what have you. So it can really surprise us what
1: wow.
0: is at the core of our behavior sometimes. Um, but if we can be willing to like really dig into where it might be coming from and how like open our mind to the possibility of how unrelated it something might seem, um, we can find it and then it can just dissipate.
1: I love that. Thank you for sharing that. And I, <laughs> I don't think that's weird. Like, I, I mean, I think that's really cool. What was it? So what did you feel like? Like, why was your mom still doing it? Like, what did you discover?
0: Um, I don't really know if I discovered why she was doing it. I discovered why I was doing it. And that was what I connected with was what it must feel like for her mm. to have this thing that she can't give up despite the fact that it's killing her essentially. Some more and compassion. Compassion. That's exactly it. Yes. So I discovered this compassion... For like what it must be like for her to light up a cigarette in front of her daughters or her friends or her family and know that most of them cannot get their head around what on earth she's doing and that she just does it anyway, and she just because it's obviously has a hold on her, Mm -hmm. it's for her own reasons that you know she would need to dig into. But I discovered mine and mine was to connect with and to come to a place of deep compassion for where she's at and it's so strange because that's like so i cool. said i just like started this smoking thing and i was like what are, Where did this come from and like but it was getting into a habit and i was like whoa i don't like no this doesn't feel right it doesn't feel like it's mine actually um and i think that's something to be curious with as well as like where can we be taking on things from parents familial patterning or whatever that might not even actually be ours but it's something that we're trying to understand and that could be coming out through our behavior
1: man yeah i love that and i see a lot of people you know myself my family some friends that you know we have a non-neutral relationship with money um so for an example of let's say someone is tight with money Mm -hmm let's say I can't spend it because I'm going to lose it. I have to, I'm going to save everything. Um, I'm going to save everything like to you. If that person's listening, like I'm on Dave Ramsey's plan. I'm, you know, I'm becoming debt free, which is great. I'm not saying that's bad. Mm -hmm. Like I'm becoming debt free, but I'm only going to save and not spend anything. One, where do you think that comes from potentially? And two, what would you offer or invite people to think about to explore that?
2: Mm.
0: There'd be a scarcity factor that's going on. So, you know, I'm sure many of your listeners would be familiar with the concepts of scarcity versus abundance. Um, So I won't kind of go into that too much. But obviously, you know, even if, have money, but if you feel like tight to it, like you want to hold it and you don't want to let it go and you're afraid of not having it, then you're operating from a place of scarcity, which means there's still an energetic block in you that like, it doesn't flow freely to you and from you. Mm -hmm. And so the resistance there might be the opposite of my resistance where I feel a little resistance when someone's trying to give, like it's harder for me to receive Mm -hmm. probably stuff there for me around like I have to prove that I like could do it on my own type of thing. So that's my stuff that I work. But there's this resistance to spending, this resistance to, you know, and, and I would look at where does that resistance come up? Does it come up with spending like to buy something for somebody else? Like how does that make you feel? Or does it only come up with spending with yourself? Or does it come up with, you know, like where does the resistance show and what does that tell you? Like do you not think that you're worth it? Do you mm. not think that that person's worth it? Do you think that people are taking advantage of you? And every time that you might be in a position where you need to split a bill or something, if that makes you start to get uncomfortable, like what are the thoughts that are coming mm. up? Do you think people are ripping you off? Do you think like look, the 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 compass is there, the indicators are there, and then once you've got some like so like with the the example I gave about the cigarettes, I how we got to it was I tapped into how did I feel in the moment when I was smoking and non-smokers were looking at me? And I was like, Mm. I felt that I had this sense of like, yeah, I can do this anyway. I know it's gross, but I'm going to do it anyway. And I was just like, all right, well, that's like weird. Like where (laughs) does that come from? And so you can like peel back the layers. So find the um, fake conversation that's going on in your head (laughs) between (laughs) you and nobody (laughs) when you're in those moments. And then, try to look for where that shows up or showed up in your past, in your life, probably with your family. Like so much of this stuff comes from Mm -hmm. our childhood or our relationship with our parents or whatever, but, but look at, look at where it comes from and then see if you can get to the bottom of it.
1: I love that. And I loved how early you talked about kind of like getting to the root of it so it can melt away. I love that concept instead of like, kind of like just chipping and like working so hard and just like, Oh my, like, this thing is barely this tree is you know so big and it's not even leaning or whatever however what is one like how have you practiced like the actual practical things i think why i'm asking about this is you are like you have the experience i feel like you're naturally gifted you had the upbringing for this however that doesn't mean like we found out we've discussed it doesn't mean you're not tested or challenged or have your own learning experiences what is From your expertise, a couple of like practical tools for someone to not only just practice awareness, like we've said, but to heal or understand that relationship with that money to feel more free.
2: Mm.
0: Um, Practical as in like, I mean, journaling or something would be really useful. So you could go for a week and every time that feeling comes up, um, like, that evening or whatever, get in, or even just every evening, get into a journaling practice of like, did it come up today? When did it come up today? And what were the thoughts? And that will be a particular way to dive into it. Or if you have a trusted friend, like Adrian's one of my good mm-hmm. friends that I, whenever I get stuck on stuff, I mean, I journal a lot as well. Um, but having a trusted friend who, you, if you're an external processor, which I am, I like to talk things through. Um, but anything where you can kind of get it out of you, like onto paper or with somebody else, I think is a practice. And if this is something you want to dive into, then yeah, spend the next week or the next month, like going on that thing. So start with the high level of what is the the high level block that you have? Is it, I don't like spending. Is it, I never have any money. Like it just comes and goes. Is it, you know, what, what exactly is it? And then if it's, if you're someone who money sort of seems to come, but you never like really have it like journal for a month on, those moments where it comes in and then it's gone again. Like what, what does that process look like? Like what's going on there? Why, why is it flowing out so quickly and so mm-hmm. easily as well? Um, yeah, I think like reading the books about how to manage money and everything is one thing, but we have to figure out these blocks because it won't, it won't matter otherwise. I think if I look at my own upbringing, my parents both lived week to week. So we went through um, from childhood, to like birth to 10, it was like a middle-class family that got slowly, gradually wealthier. and We got mm-hmm. to a period where we were pretty good. And then my parents' company, basically, they almost filed bankruptcy. They didn't end up filing, but it was, it was pretty bad. And we went back to nothing. And then I was like, my mum and my sister and I were living at my grandma's house in Queensland and like sharing bedrooms and like it was tough. And then I started working for myself and, you know, getting my own money and all of that. So I went through like kind of like a few different parts with relationships with money growing up. But one thing, no matter what stage my pa- either of my parents were in, this was when they were together and when they separated, there was never like savings. There was always money coming and money going through And I think in a way that gave me like a belief system that like money will always come, like it will always be there. And I think that's something to look back on for almost everyone evidentially, like look at the evidence of your life that you have actually always, you're still Uh, here, right? You've always found a way. So that is like a pretty cool realization. And like, it is a form of abundant belief system. So if, I already had that instilled in me because of my parents. But then what I realized was like, it was still just flowing through. So yes, I would always have enough, but it didn't mean I was eliminated of stress because it would come, but then it would go out. It would come and then it would go out. Mm -hmm. And so what I had to learn was how can I hold the money that comes and hold. it. And a lot of that came down to understanding, like I was saying earlier of like the lifestyle that I really wanted to create, create. So I had a tangible reason to hold money. Like if I don't have a reason to build wealth, why will I build wealth? If I just, if someone just tells me you should save 30% of your money, Mm -hmm. like it'll be really good for you to have money in the future. It's like, yeah, I guess it would be, but like, you know, you don't really know why, but I knew I want to travel the world. I want to travel to every country in the world. And I want to have enough money to be able to do that in my life. I knew that I wanted to be in business and have the freedom to create. And I knew that if I could have my finances sorted out that I wasn't, wouldn't be stressed about money, I'd be more free to create. So I had some like Mm. started tapping into some like tangible reasons of why I would want to hold money. If that makes sense. If you think of it as just like this bucket of water, so it can still be flowing out of the outside and into my life and watering me, but like Mm. there's also still some there. Um, And I think that was the bit that I really had to work on for me because my parents didn't model that for me at all. Like there was never anything, even when my dad's business was going so well, he wouldn't have even had a few thousand dollars in a bank account. Like Mm. it was just so cycling. Um, And that was, that was the thing that I had to work on the belief system that I could have that. I could be someone with a bank balance and an investment portfolio and property or whatever it might be that like, I was worthy of that, that I could create that, um, that just because my parents hadn't done it, didn't, didn't have to be my ceiling.
1: I love that. Like, seriously, because of, you know, yeah, because of what you were just saying, like what re what really rings true to me is even the quote unquote negative thing had a positive infa- impact on yeah. you, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think because sometimes it's like, oh my gosh, like my parents didn't model money the best way. It's like, I bet it still has a positive impact in, on you in the way that you're not aware of. And that's yep. okay. They did their yeah. the best that they can. They knew how what at their time. Now they you can build on that.
0: What's the positives you can take and what can you add to? So somebody who has... um managed to save a lot of money but has a scarcity mindset about losing it could very well be someone who came from a family that didn't have a lot and they mindfully managed everything just so that like it would be just so you know they they might have had parents who just worked good blue collar jobs didn't necessarily have a lot but they always just got it exactly right and you know the attitude in the house might have been very like we cannot waste a cent like it's very it's a scarce resource, it's precious, but they, you know, through all of that behaviour and that diligence of making it work has passed on to this person actually how to like waste money and so they don't waste money and so they have managed to just naturally accumulate because they potentially Mm. are earning more than their parents did or whatever. So there's like a real benefit to that. But the gift is then uh, not able to be realised if we can't also see that we're not in the same scarce position that our household was growing up. Like the household growing up literally got X dollars in and split it up just to keep the kids in school and keep everyone fed and make sure we could survive. But if you've actually got money in the bank, you've got investments building, you've got all of that, then you have more freedom to do more things and create more and be more in the world. And so... You know, it's an amazing gift that you received to be able to save diligently, but build on that gift and remove those blocks so that you can actually enjoy the fruits of all of that.
1: Man, I love this so much. And what is, say someone's kind of on the opposite end, maybe more similar to you of they have the investment portfolio, they have hundreds of thousands in savings, you know, they have real estate and, but they still don't feel safe you know, and I remember hearing Oprah talk about what does she say? She said something like surprising, like she still, she still worries about money or she still, she saves something just because of her upbringing. I forgot what it was like, like that. I don't want to, I've heard this said, I'm not sure if this is offensive or not, but like the poverty mindset of like Mm kind of always.
0: Yeah. That's kind of what I was just talking about. So if you come from, a poverty style, like an upbringing that was pretty scarce where whatever came in just had to be like, we just got to survive that, that, that is that kind of more scarcity or poverty mindset. But so if you've been employing that mindset, but you've ended up with investments because, Let's say you grew up in a household that earned just call it twenty thousand dollars a year, and that was just enough to Mm. like barely survive. You're now earning a hundred, but you employ the lifestyle of twenty thousand. You've been accumulating eighty thousand every year for how many years you've been working? All of a sudden, like you've got all this money, um, but but you're still not free. The money doesn't change the relationship. Like the actual amount doesn't change the relationship. Mm -hmm. What changes the relationship is looking at it and trying to understand and release like these feelings of not maybe not deserving or not being worthy of being able to no, enjoy it. the fruits of your labor not being able to um, lean into what you've created and and enjoy it and and it's interesting in those cases to look at where else it might hold you back because sometimes what we might want to spend money on would be an amazing course or coaching or you know something that would improve us but and improve our quality of life improve our relationship with self but we have this fear about spending it. So Mm. not only are you in that scarcity mindset that you don't want to spend it, that's actually limiting your expansion and development as a human, your human experience that you could be having here on earth this time around. So it's like, why not try to remove all of, like free yourself up so that you can expand into your fullest potential, which will probably just create more financial resources, which then, maybe able to be given back to other people as well. Like when you truly, I I know like where I'm at in my mindset around money right now is like this place of absolute abundance where I know exactly what I need. I really know I'm going to make so much more money is going to come and go in my life for sure. And it excites me because it's like, well, anything that's over and above the bit that I need gets to flow back into the world that I get Mm. to impact people. I get to do, do more with um which is really exciting but yeah
1: that's so cool i like yeah i love that and just basically i just love of what we've covered about being free financially is not an amount it's your relationship with money and how you feel Mm -hmm. i love that so much and if you're
0: in fear to come back to like the start (laughs) of the podcast Uh like that's not freedom So look at the fears. What are the fears? They're your journal prompts. They're your things to dive into of like what is the actual fear? Like, are you legitimately afraid that like like what are you actually afraid of if the money did disappear or yeah, you know, dive in.
1: I love that. And that's uh I like saying that fear reveals where we're not free. Yeah. Right. And like kind of what you said of it's but and that's it's cool. Like it's not it's not a bad thing. It's like oh sweet another opportunity to learn, yeah. And I would love to. Because I remember the first time we talked months ago, um, you had something that really hit home for me. Of you ask yourself the question, "What else can I do?" Of just mm-hmm. like like what else is possible, essentially, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Instead of thinking like, it goes back into scarcity and an and abundance. Mm -hmm. um so what does that mindset mean to you
0: yeah i think the mindset is getting out of black and white thinking you know like binary thinking where we have two options or something is good or bad right or wrong this or that and and realizing there's infinite possibility and potential in everything in every situation in every moment um and just opening up to that like what more can I do? What more can I be? What other options exist here? Like how could this actually, when we sometimes feel fear and we feel contraction, it's like, well, how could this actually be expansive? How could I actually grow into this, grow through this? Like what are the other ways to look at it and to constantly be pushing our mind to let go of the, the conditioning? It's all of that black and white thinking is our conditioning. That's from being a child and being told good girl, for doing that, bad girl. For doing that, don't do this. Don't like. We're getting all this conditioning um, the whole time that we start forming these agreements. If you've read like the Four yeah. Agreements or anything like that, but that that really simply kind of um, distills down what happens from being this open-minded, wide-eyed, wonder child who's got all this imagination and who's like wandering wandering around, dreaming up things and making things happen and seeing things that aren't even there or they are there or whatever. <laughs> Kids mm. are amazing, but then we start getting very black and white way of thinking. I like to just constantly blow that up and keep letting go and looking for, once again, the internal compass for where I need to do work is when do I ever get stuck thinking I've only got two options? It's one way or the other. It's like, well, no, you don't. You never only have two options. There's always more. Whenever I feel fear and mm. contract- contraction, like, oh, I'm so scared of this outcome. Like, I don't want this to happen. Like, whoa, whoa. Like, what are all the possibilities that could come out of this? What are all the like positive outcomes that could come out of this?
1: If I love that. So much. Where are you experiencing it could be right now or a recent story of like fear or contraction. I liked how you said that too.
0: Mhm. Um I'm in a pretty good place actually right now, which is really interesting. Well,
1: I mean, that's amazing. Like, well, honestly, <laughs> like let's stay there because all right, y'all, I really think it's important to stop right here and recognize Sarah's feelings. Of feeling good and how it's okay to feel that way just how it's okay to feel maybe what we you know categorize as negative feelings but like if you're feeling like this if you want to feel like this I want to help you I want to show you and I invite you to join the freedom school if you want to feel like this if you want to be okay and feel good and feel free and feel full and live life to your fullest potential I invite you to the Freedom School. It is a private membership with our community here, the podcast, social media. But what you need to do is what Sarah talked about is delve into the fear, get intimate. So when you feel contracted, when you feel fears, what is the possibility of that? What is the possibility coming from this? Like, what can I learn? What can I feel? How can I progress and learn? Because that's what life is about. And I invite you to join us at the Freedom School. So go to feeling-free.com slash membership. That's feeling-free.com slash membership to join. And I'll give you a special deal. So if you leave a review for this podcast, of course, you know, subscribe. You're already listening. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Take a screenshot of your review and then tag me on Instagram at the fear guy. And if you tag me in your stories with your screenshot, I will give you a seven day free trial. So you get to try it out. You get immediate access to our hours of lessons that we've already had, our lesson library. And you'll get the content that is found nowhere else on social media or YouTube. So I invite you to come join us at the Freedom School if you want to feel good, free and live that full life to your fullest potential. All right, y'all, keep enjoying this amazing conversation. It's okay to be in a good place.
0: Yeah. And I. it's kind of interesting because I haven't been for several years. I've had like, I've been walking through the fire.
1: Oh, let's freaking <laughs> celebrate.
0: Yeah. This so I awesome. really, it's like I'm in one of the best places that I've been in for several years, which is really amazing. And I've noticed that because I am in a good place, because I've done so much work the last couple of years and because I've been in the pits like I've been in the depths I've spent days just nothing like Mm. crying and like not being able to see you know being kind of stuck in the hopelessness and all of that like I've been through had a breakdown in 2018 and just like spent most of last year climbing my way out of that um but it's interesting to like notice my energy as we now as I navigate this like global fear that's happening and I'm just like not plugged into it at all I'm like no I'm just not doing that. Like I'm plugging into the collective love, not the collective fear right now. And it's really, I am really like just grateful to be in that place, having been through so much um, of being in that not good place the last few years that it's really nice. Um, and and like there have been moments like with my Airbnb property management business, like we had that hard conversation myself and my two business partners and we got on the call and I was like shit, this is like pretty bad. Like this is actually pretty bad. Um, But I just, because of the work that I've done and where I'm at right now, I was able to stay in like a more elevated state. And I was able to think more in that possibility realm. And like, we just started problem solving and and move through things. So there's definitely like a little bit of fear and contraction there. We only bought that business about eight months ago. So it's like, mm. damn, this sucks. You know, like <laughs> yeah. we haven't even had this thing for very long. We're super excited about it. we're just facing like this huge adversity. But um, you know, that would probably be the thing that comes up as my 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 biggest challenge right now. But like it doesn't feel like that big of a challenge, and that's purely because of the place I'm in overall. Had that happened a year ago it probably would have broke me again, mm. even though I was already broken. But so, you know, it's interesting where we find ourselves and even to just notice that within yourself energetically that like, it's okay if you're broken and it's okay. If you're thriving, like wherever yes. you're at is a very individual journey and um, very much based on your own energy and where you're at on in the things that you're navigating and how you, what work you've been doing on yourself and, whether you're walking through the fire or something, because we we have to walk through the fire to get out the other side. Like whatever that fear is, you know, for me, there was this, my marriage ended three years ago and that, right. I had a fear of being alone Mm. and that was the fire I had to walk through. I had to walk through this lifelong fear of being alone and being on my own. And that was so difficult for me. And I honestly, I used to think while I was going through it, like, about my relationship with money that's healthy and neutral. And I was like, do the work. Like eventually you'll have a relationship with yourself and with mm. being in relationship romantically that is like your relationship with money because you did the work oh. on that. You just happen to have been doing the work on that from a very young age, whereas this is something you avoided. <laughs> and now you're walking through the fire. So like use the areas of life where you do have a better Relationship and things you've done more work in that area, and you yeah, kind of feel like you have a handle on that. Like, use that as evidence for whatever it is that you're working through right now, and that you'll be able to keep going and you'll get there.
1: That's so cool. I love that so much. And kind of what you said earlier about find the evidence because there is, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you can look for what's wrong, like, you can look what sucked, but you can also look for, like, no, like, find the evidence in my life. I'm here, I'm alive, I'm okay, like, literally whether you've been like even homeless, like addicted to drugs, whatever. If you're listening to this, like you're still here. Yeah. That's evidence that you'll be okay.
0: And you will. And like, just try to hang on because when I had my breakdown in 2018, like I was definitely getting toward being suicidal. And I'm so Mm. grateful that I didn't continue down that path because wow, like where I'm at now, life is, better than it's ever been there's more freedom and expansion because I stayed with the pain I stayed with the struggle I stayed with the fear I sat with it I learned who it was I made friends with it Fucking hated it but I did it anyway (laughs) (laughs) and now it's like it truly is like a freedom that comes when we stop escaping the hard thing and we sit with it and we move through it there's a different level of freedom than what we had before. What I had mm. before was uh, an escape from it. Like for me, let's use the relationship example. It was like I would be in relationship, which meant I could avoid my fear of being alone. And I would find subconsciously partners who mm. would like stay with me for the long term. And like you know, I knew how to be this very moldable person that could just make sure that the relationship worked because that would alleviate my fear of being alone. But the reality is the fear still hovered in the background and the fear still hung over me. And because I was in a fear state, I was choosing relationships from a place of fear, which meant ultimately I would have to get out of them because like they would start suffocating me. And it it took me to actually sit with the real fear of being alone, face what that really was make friends with it, love myself, learn to love myself and have the relationship with myself first to emerge out this other side where I'm now at peace. Like there's no fear of being alone or fear of being in relationship or fear. Like, I'm not saying there's no fear, but like the fear is just vastly diminished because It's it's not this, yeah, it's transformed. And that's what happens when we really walk through the fire and it's okay because I think, in truth, we all have to walk through many different fires, like our relationship with money, our relationship with self, our relationship with maybe our physical body, like our health. Like, and there's different times in our life that we will have the space and energy to go into that particular one. Like we're not trying to be this perfect person in one hit, nor will we ever be. We're just oh. here to have all these experiences.
1: Wow, I love that so much. And I, I want to just like congratulate you for being in such a great place.
0: Thank you.
1: It's really nice. <laughs> <laughs> like, Especially for someone like you, right? Who has the mindset of like, what else can I do? Or just any grill chunky or avid mm-hmm. learner. It's okay to feel good. You can still work. You can still improve. You can still experience and expand and embrace fear. And uh, mm-hmm. side note, I love how you said that. Like, you know, really make friends with it instead of run from it. Like it's okay to feel good. The same reason of like it's okay to receive money, it's also okay to receive love and other things from yourself and for other people and like I feel like that's why we're here to learn, but to also feel good and have fun. Like you know.
0: Yeah. I think, you know, as we're talking, I'm just thinking like I'm When it comes to my entrepreneurial journey, like I'm stepping up right now, I'm stepping into a new phase where I want to go bigger with my company. I want to do more, and like you know, that's there's unknown, there's discomfort around that, Mm -hmm. Um, and there'll be more like because we're always moving forward. Like when you said about growth junkie and all that, it's like, well, what what's next? What can we do? Mm -hmm. And so we'll always be facing more of these. We'll find more layers to the belief system that we have, and but it's that evidence that we constantly. Can find for ourselves, we're like, well, if I went from never being able to run a business to like 10 years as an entrepreneur with lots of you know, great experiences and successes, um, what's the next 10 years? Like, and just try to be excited about that, even though it's going to be like a roller coaster of a journey, mm. I'm sure. Um, it's also just a journey.
1: Mm. I love that so much. Thank you for sharing your heart and like your experiences the uncomfortable smoking story, like, <laughs> like I appreciate <laughs> all of it. Don't
2: judge me. <laughs> no,
1: no judgment. Like, honestly, right? Like, you know, sharing those experiences, I think is its strength. I think honesty and vulnerability, like that's true strength, that's true leadership. And it frees yourself, it frees other people. Cause that's real. Like, you know, there's some yep. that to me, like I was like, Sarah, that wasn't that weird. So <laughs> like, I think, I think it's cool. Um, is there anything else on your heart, whether anything that you feel right now you want to talk about?
0: No, I think the only kind of thing that's really coming through strongly for me right now is just, and right now being what we're living through collectively is like, be really careful who you're talking to and what you're consuming and what you're letting in. Mm
2: -hmm. Um,
0: you know, this is a real time where the collective fear is, is high. It's heightened massively obviously from I think what kind of already ex- subsisted or existed anyway and now it's like, yeah. and we've always known that the, the adage or the cliche of like who you surround yourself with matters and you become that which you surround yourself with. Like now to me it's so polarizingly obvious who I want to be spending time Mm. with and who I want to be talking to and how I want to be showing up. Um, And I'm absolutely choosing not to plug into that fear state and that fear space. That's so easy. And I think one of the reasons why it can be easy is with all of this space and time that's potentially being created for us right now, we are faced with ourselves more. And like I said, I'm in this really fortunate position where I just spent two, three years with myself, like really in the, in Mm. the trenches. And so I'm like, Oh, like I'm used to this (laughs) and I'm like, okay now, like I've, I've done a lot of work. So I'm feeling like kind of good or whatever, but, um, use the time and rather than filling the void with the stream of media and, and the conversations that are so easy, like it's so easy to go and talk to everyone about What do you think's gonna happen what how should we do this and oh my gosh like have you stocked up and have you done this and you know speculating and getting like amped you can feel that like and that negative energy just like spiraling like just really be careful because you still get to choose just like we always do as to which side of the coin we want to play on. And it's also okay if you can't resist, like that's all fine as well. <laughs> mm-hmm. But you know, if you, if you have that conscious awareness and you're not in a really bad place, like don't feel that you have to go there and you have to be there just because that's what's being shown
1: to us. I love that. And to emphasize your point, I view this as such an amazing opportunity. Um, seriously, whether if you want to make money, like you think of how many people made money in 2008 and 2009, mm-hmm from investing in stocks or real estate or whatever, or starting just a new business, like people who are buying businesses up because they're so cheap, it might be even worse, you know? Or even, and the crazy thing is though, like this is global mm-hmm. and we've never seen anything like this where, cause we're so connected more than ever that, you know, like a crash could happen in the UK and then the US wouldn't be affected. Exactly. But we're all affected and we're all connected in the best mm-hmm. way. And like how you said, it's revealing so many things and it might just be like the growth junkie in me, but like I love it so much because I know what you talk about, about the fire and the growth and how much it sucks, but how much better it is when you learn through that and grow through that.
0: Yeah. And what is the possibility right now? Like what is the opportunity? Like if you're going to sit down and think about something right now, how about sitting and thinking about what opportunity might be there? Cause yeah. you just never know what you might come up with. It's interesting. You mentioned 2008 and 2009 because I, very much remember that time i was a professional financial advisor at the time and very clearly said to myself next time this rolls around i'm going to be mm. riding the wave i know i will i just i knew it in my <laughs> I've got goosebumps right now like i knew yes. it i was like i just didn't i didn't suffer in it I, I i launched my company in 2009 i had a great 10 years but i didn't like you know ride the wave home necessarily because i didn't have the capital or whatever it yeah. was at that time or the experience but I I did as best I could but I was like damn next time this happens I'm gonna be ready to pounce and I am
1: like I I cannot even believe
0: my timing on this
1: (laughs) well yeah like can we receive that and I want I'm gonna encourage you to receive that of your literal (laughs) company is you know remote work like how do you describe it remote working like yeah we
0: we recruit and manage remote talent for companies yeah what is helping companies turn remote grow my team
1: grow my team so check Mm -hmm. it out especially like pretty ideal and it's it's pretty right it's pretty cool how you manifested that and now you probably do have the capital right well Mm -hmm. you literally did a capital raise and
0: i'm like literally ready to go (laughs) yeah
1: think how cool that is
0: it's so cool
1: So for anyone else who's in the spot where you were, you know, 10, 11, 12 years ago and went went by like that, like the time is going to go by. Mm -hmm. So don't feel like, you know, be like Sarah and say like, I might not be where I want, but the next time this happens, I'm going to be ready for it because of what I'm learning right now. Mm hmm.
0: And I remember the news headlines from back then and, you know, that was when I still used to read news and watch it. I have been unplugged for about seven years now. Um, But I'm sure they're just as bad now as they were back then where it was like, this is blood on the floor at Wall Street. This is the worst thing we've ever seen. This is unprecedented. Like, really? And people can barely remember that now. So just try to have that perspective as well that the media are just trying to sell media <laughs> they're trying to sell yeah. newspapers essentially
1: and it's going so. to continue to be like like of course everything's un- unprecedented that's the point of even with bringing more light and more loving in this world there has to be an equal
0: mm-hmm. you know
1: whatever you want to say darkness or shadow
0: and things are unprecedented and unexperienced before because we learn so that it doesn't happen yeah. again yep. like that's the whole point like <laughs> thank goodness this hasn't happened before otherwise that yeah. would be kind of shitty like
1: <laughs> yeah like we're gonna be okay like to me it's like sweet how is this helping humans humanity the earth of this is unprecedented like you said so we can learn from it become better
0: Mm -hmm. i love it i've been gardening so great
1: (laughs) yeah you're literally gardening which could also be a metaphor but everyone else you can just think about that's a metaphor (laughs) yeah (laughs) i love it well sarah thank you so much for spending your time this is incredible and yeah like you just hit right on home on so many things so i appreciate it
0: oh my pleasure ben thank you so much for having me it was a great conversation
1: all right my gorgeous humans you know what to do subscribe make sure you share with the homies and if you want that seven day free trial of the membership the freedom school make sure you leave a review on apple podcasts take a screenshot tag me on instagram at the fear guy and you will get immediate access and a seven day free trial and this week's fear to freedom story is inspired by The Daily Shifts. The Daily Shifts is a checklist for your soul app and I highly recommend it. Uh, my favorite thing about this app is the reminders that I get every day. And the one that always surprises me the most is at noon. So at noon, it pops up and says, take a breath, take a break. and. I've had it for about a year and I, oh, I still don't remember. <laughs> it's always a surprise when it comes up and I'm always so happy it is because I'm always in the middle of something and it's a great reminder to get up, take a breath and just really take a break. So check it out. Go download it in the app store or on online at thedailyshifts.com. I super highly recommend it. All right. So this week's fear to freedom story, we'll call her Stacy. So Stacy is frustrated with her job. She feels undervalued. She feels underappreciated. She feels like her boss and company don't know, don't see how great she is. They don't regularly comment on how good of a job she's doing. She feels like she should be making more money. She watches her coworkers underperform, and some of them might even make more money than her. It doesn't seem fair based on her level of expertise and performance. But in a recent conversation with her, this is what we discovered, and we uncovered the truth. What she's really afraid of is stepping into her own power. She's playing small. It's risky to be all that she is and to speak up for herself. She is afraid what will change, what will change, and what she'll disrupt if she owns her true power. Even though she doesn't like being undervalued, it's what feels common to her. She has continued this path because it has become normal. It feels comfortable. So during our discussion she realized that by feeling undervalued by someone she's really undervaluing herself. Let that sink in. She realized that by feeling undervalued by someone she's undervaluing undervaluing herself and she truly believed that her company did not value her so she felt it. And that's what she's expected so she's going to get it. But once Stacy knew like once Stacy knew that she's in control not giving the power to other people she embraced her freedom of choice. She can't control what other people do. She's now aware of her conditioning and is beginning to practice feeling free by stepping into her own power. If this sounds like you, go to feeling-free.com coaching and set up a clarity call with me. So if this sounds like you or you just want to overcome any type of fear to live the most full and fulfilling and free life that you possibly can, Go to feeling-free.com slash coaching and we can see if we are a great fit. Thank you all so much for listening. My name is Ben Harris. Follow me at The Fear Guy. I appreciate listening to Feeling Free. I love you so much. You're amazing. Have an awesome day.